vives en Virginia. Si recibiste la vacuna contra COVID-19, sigues estando protegido. Este otoño estaremos poniendo dosis de refuerzo para ayudar a prolongar esa protección. No olvides que el Departamento de Salud de Virginia sigue siendo tu mejor fuente de información sobre el COVID-19. Para saber si puedes recibir la dosis de refuerzo y programar una cita, visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. Right now, my boy Brian Stessel from the Herbcast is shaving his hair to help cure childhood cancer. So if you have a chance, you have any money, go on to Herbcast.com and be sure to donate. It's a really great cause. Brian's a really good dude. He's doing something that's really cool where they're going to cut off his hair and they're going to dye it. All for the cause of, you know, trying to cure childhood cancer. So he's raising money for that. It's a really great cause. I hope people take the time to check it out. Help Brian, because Brian's a great dude, man. Please, if you have a moment, go on to herfcast.com. Check out his cause. Help him out. Thank you. This is Delvin Williams, aka the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade Network. Doing this for my brother from another mother, Delvin Cox, who asked me to talk for a little bit about black excellence. And I thought about it. Black excellence is really a tale of American history. If you look at where black people started when this country started as technically not even a full person with full rights and to where we are now in 2020, the difference is stark. It is magnificent. It is exponentially better. And it is due to our hard work. It is due to our perseverance. It is due to men and women stronger than we currently ever have to be just standing the line. And that happened in any number of ways. That was through service via military. That was through inventions. That was through slavery. That was through persevering through Jim Crow laws. That was standing strong in the face of hatefulness and adversity. All of that to me is black excellence. And how we can continue that today is never forgetting where it is that we came from so that that history is never repeated and only deciding to strive and move forward with our heads up as positively as we possibly can and to continue to continue to carry the weight of our forefathers and not forget them but also just continue to ascend as well. So in short, black excellence is struggle, but it's also transcendence above that struggle to become something better than we've ever been. Thanks for the opportunity, Delvin. Love what you do, man. Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast, which each week I'm on a one-man mission to United Coastal University. I'm your host, Delvin Cox. 
and this is Black Excellence Month, and you can't have black excellence without black women. That goes hand in hand, to say the least. So today I got some excellent black women. So I'll let y'all speak for y'all who y'all are. Okay, I'll go ahead and start. My name is Nicole Banks. I am the founder of A Pod Connection and also a co-host of Let's Keep It 100 with um, my amazing co-host, Just mm-hmm. Jackie. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's I'm just Jackie. I'm a content creator and I am the other half of Let's Keep It 100 with the beautiful hostess with the mostest, Miss Nicole Banks. Hey y'all, I'm Chantique Robinson, aka Twisted Girl Next Door, um, full-time journalist. I also have a YouTube channel called Twits Woman Next Door and also I am a film and TV critic with Rotten Tomatoes and I love horror movies. Yes, she does. <laughs> And as always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five, five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Ladies, are you ready? Ready. Okay. Question number one. This is for all of you, ladies, of course. Name me one person that inspires you in your life daily. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I hit you with a deep one. <laughs> I ain't got no friends, man. Ain't nobody inspiring me out here in these streets. <laughs> no 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 for real for real listen let me tell you something um one person i I had a few people that inspired daily but i'm i'm just gonna say no bank because um yeah she's she inspires me daily to do better and, and be better so she's one of the people you know I would say inspires me. Oh, thank you for that, Jackie. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, for me, I will I will do the return. I know this is like corny between me and Jackie right now. <laughs> um, but definitely Jackie because she pushes me. Um, I've been I've said it millions of times. I'm a procrastinator, but she really gets on me about um, you know, just staying um on top of the things that I'm trying to do in this creative field. And um, when I'm slacking, she definitely lets me know that. Um, so I appreciate that. And also, um, I'd say my mother, um, you know, just if it was going to say something like on a daily basis, I definitely say my mother. She's a typical strong black woman, been holding it down. I'm the matriarch of my family for as long as I've been alive. Um, and, you know, she just has accomplished a lot of the things um, that I myself would like to mirror, um, that I like to mirror, period. Um, I would say my mom for sure. Um, she's like my best friend pretty much. And, uh, she was a teacher for almost 20 years and also has gone back and got her degree after that. And she's just someone who, uh, she always counts me as a winner even before I win something. So like, you know, she already (laughs) manifested and, you know, she's also someone I, uh, I've always uh, mimicked in terms of like spirituality, you know, the whole thing of optimism, uh, believing in the universe, things like that. I very much, um, came to appreciate that more as I got older. And so I was very much raised with that with a lot of strong women in my family and particularly my mom who, uh, yeah, I talk to regularly. Those are all good answers. Question number two. What do you think is the biggest thing you've accomplished thus far in life? Typical answer for me, I think would be um, being a mother. Um, That's the main thing that I put an accomplishment on like everything else that I do is um, a plus but being a mother is um, 
the thing that I am proudest of, and uh, I'm a grandmother now, so I'm doing something right. <laughs> Being a mother who looks the same age as her kids. <laughs> <laughs> Great, <thank you>. Right. <laughs> okay, I guess you go next, Jackie. Um, you said the biggest thing I feel like I've accomplished so far. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a big, amazing thing. Just it can be a personal goal. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't feel like I I have accomplished anything yet. I feel like um when I do think I have accomplished something, there's always another. I don't want to say an obstacle, but there's another door or window there that keeps driving me for the next thing. So I don't I don't feel like I have accomplished. I feel like I, I'm still on the track of trying to obtain certain goals, and I haven't accomplished them yet. So okay. I don't feel I don't feel accomplished. That's just that's just the bottom line. That's my real answer. Okay. Been at one hundred. That's a good answer. I think it's important to stay hungry mm-hmm. and don't kind of rest on your laurels when it comes to things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that answer. Um, I guess I would say, um, to me, I don't know. I feel like accomplishments are like relative. To, it's a relative term, you know, because it depends on what um, area of your life you're looking at. I mean, one of the things I've learned recently is, uh, you know, just not trying to put certain measures of success in kind of uh, the way society tries to um, kind of place us in a box. So in that regard, you know, I look at different aspects of it. Like for me, um, career wise, you know, I, I, I consider, you know, accomplishment that I get you know, my full-time work is to write for a living, is to create content. Um, So I feel blessed in that regard. Um, And, you know, to be able to spend a majority of my time doing the things that I love, for sure. Um, I think, uh, but, you know, even in that, you know, getting bogged down into the materialist things of the world, you know, that can even get bogged down because that can feel like, you know, Every day, it's like, oh, that's an accomplishment, but there's something else that I'm lacking in that regard. Or, you know, I didn't get enough attention or enough, you know, eyes on this article or enough eyes on this video. So I'm more so, I guess, my accomplishment is, you know, just being able to, um, in my personal life, just try to keep the people I love close. You know, I always find an accomplishment that I can give everyone a call each week, you know, because that can become a, a thing. So it's kind of those little things for me to just keep um because relationships are very important to me and that's become even more important to me in the last like year or two having such a large family and um you know starting to lose people as you know my older generation um starts passing away and stuff so um one of my accomplishments I feel like is more of the personal in that regard staying sane I find that an accomplishment every week Mm -hmm. that's a fact (laughs) yes that's that's definitely a fact Question number three. Let's have a fun question. Each one of y'all give me y'all top five favorite black TV shows. Okay. Oh, God damn. Now, you know, you should have gave us some time. To think yeah, we should have got three, three <laughs> questions. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get the damn memo. You know? <laughs> I want y'all to be able to think on y'all feet with this. Okay, I can't just be. Right, you said top five, top five, right? Top five. Okay, give, give me your top three. Oh, God bless you for listening. <laughs> I could have gave you five, though. It took five minutes. Okay, so my top three black shows. Okay, I'm gonna go with um, man, I, I might give you five. Listen, I'm gonna go with um, I, I love a different world. Okay. Um, I don't care what nobody say. I like Cosby Show. Okay. Um, what's happening? That's a solid three. Jeffersons. 
I'm gonna give you Jefferson's too. I love Jefferson, so I'm with you on that one. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and give you Stanford and Son too. I'm old. I'm old. I'm glad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like four out of five of those shows. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna stay um, in living color. Okay. Um, Ooh, I'm gonna go with. Um, oh goodness, how could I not remember the name of it? Uh, living single. Okay. Oh, yeah, girl, you got some good ones, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm was gonna go with um, Everybody Hates Chris. I just yeah. feel like it's, that's an underrated show, but it that's was really, is. really good. Um, and uh, Martin, definitely. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm gonna stay with Floor for right now. That's all I could think of right now. Okay. I yeah. like y'all choices so far. Strong four, strong four. Um, well, I guess uh, Martin is my fave one. Like, I can always watch Martin like over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's like my fave um, one. A different world, but more so like the late, like maybe the third season. I think when Whitley and Dwayne kind of became the center of it. That's probably when I started yeah. watching a bit more. Um, first season was a little wonky to me. Um, the Boondocks. I like oh, the, the yes. one of my Great days. choice. Great choice. Um, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but yeah, those are my top, I guess, three in terms of like predominantly black. I mean, I watch Family Matters all the time. I just haven't watched any repeats. So I don't, I don't, I feel like, like I'd be uh, kind of in a falsehood if I said that was my favorite, but I did watch it growing up. Yeah. Okay. Those are solid choices, honestly. I'm speaking. All y'all had great choices. Then I had Fresh Prince though, so I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it was good though, you know. I feel you. Uh, all right, question number four: Who shot Ghost? <laughs> let me start. Right, because I don't watch that show. <laughs> okay, girl, but I was just about to say, let me start. Yeah, I don't watch it either. <laughs> I don't watch, yeah. that show. I don't watch no, Power. You can just make up an answer for this one. Okay. I guess everyone on, online was saying the sun or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have never watched the episode. Me either. <laughs> I, I've watched Power all the three times. Mm. And all three times I've said, this is some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because when I watch it, I'm like, damn, I want to support it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this is terrible. <laughs> It's, I guess it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, like loving hip hop. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. how you kind of like? Should I be really watching this show? You know what I do? I just wait for the reunion and be watching the reunion. <laughs> Will somebody always throw a shoe? Yes. <laughs> doing, doing something. Mm-hmm. They should just yep. start banning shoes from every from every <laughs> reunion right, show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man! All right, question number five. And this is a good one, I think, interesting. Because it's going to lead to our t- conversation. Each one of y'all give me what your black excellence means to you. Ooh. Shit. Surviving. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'll piggyback off of what Jackie is saying and say thriving. Um, thriving in this world, basically, that doesn't really give us many options to to shine. 
Um, and somehow, some way, every day we, you know, find a way to um, excel and um, in whatever thing that we do, whatever field, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, particular arena that we're in. I feel like Black excellence is us just overcoming um, all the barriers that have been set up for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much echo what the ladies are saying. Um... I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's also just, like, being able to uphold, like, the different aspects, the different nuances of our, like, culture, you know, like, showing those, and not, like, uh, you know, saying that we're not a monolith, that we come in all, like, you know, we're pretty much, I always feel like we do things the best, usually, even if, <laughs> you know, in a society that likes to tell us that we are not the default, we're not the norm, but um, I think it's, I think, um, you know, Black excellence is pretty much always, like, has been said already, just, you know, going against the grain of that and proving time and time again that we are, you know, normally the standard, even if they don't want to give us credit for it. I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's actually one of the topics I wanted to talk about, in fact, that how, as a Black person, it always feels like we have to be better than the standard. Like, Mm -hmm. we just can't be average. We have to be LeBron James. Yeah, we can't just be okay. We have to be Jay Z, and if we're not to that level, we get ridiculed for that. Hmm. So how do you, so with me saying that? How do you feel like it is being a black woman in America today? A struggle. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead ass. Listen, because um, it's hard. Cause it's like we, you know, I'm black and I'm a woman. That's it. That that's two strikes against me right there. I, I work in corporate America, like you said. You gotta go hard or go home. And it's like there's like five or six other people that were really probably about ten to do the same position that I have. But I, I I'm given the brunt of the work. I'm giving the the hardest of the work. Why? Why do I have to, I feel like I have to prove and then, you know, I can't say nothing. It's just like you just suck it up, keep moving and keep doing it. And, and how hard do I have to keep going to earn that corporate you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I shouldn't have to go in a thousand miles per minute. Just to uh, appease whoever the man. I don't. I don't know because there's other girls with the the light palm. Like I said, they they it's like easy breezy, and they giving me the most difficult crap. Why they giving me the the heaviest load? Why it's either to break me or to me. You know what I'm saying? And you're not gonna break me, but I, I just feel like it's a, it's about because of my color, and then I'm a woman at the same time. It don't it don't help. We gotta we gotta prove ourselves ten times over to show that we can do this job. And they and they still don't think we can do the job. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna give you a prime example. I asked, can I work from home? Because it's a lot of people that work from home. They gave me all the excuses in the world. You ain't got enough experience. I'm like, yo, I've been in the accounting field since two thousand four. Um. You need to be here at least a year before you can work from home. 
people that ain't been there for a year that's working from home. I don't have enough experience. What experience? Don't tell me I don't have enough experience. Give me what I need or what you're looking for to say I can work from home. And then less than 24 hours later, hey, Jackie, what you doing? And you don't care what I got on my plate. Well, I got a special project for you. You're the right person to handle this. But I ain't got enough experience. <laughs> Uh, Why do you think that's a thing, though? Why do you think that when it comes to situations like that, we're always the first to get passed over? What I want to speak for men, but mm-hmm. black people are always the first to get passed over, but always the first to get asked to do special projects and stuff like that. It, it, exactly. I, I don't. I don't know. It's just a. It's just. It's a lot of politics. I'm realizing with this particular place I'm at, and it's just. I. I, I don't know. I just. I just don't. Understand y'all heard me before we get that before. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> yes, we did. Okay. Shit, I ain't got. I want. Can somebody give me the answer, please? You know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, I just don't. And I know what it is. I'm not your norm. I'm not your norm. I'm not falling in line with. I'm not joining these cliques. And it's like, if she's not going to join, let's get her up out of here. You following me? Yeah, and I, I'm not going to join. I, I'm just not going to join. I don't come to work to make friends. I come to work to get the job done. I'll converse with you and chit chat and all that stuff, but don't be getting mad because I ain't trying to share my personal world with you. And I'm over here in my little world doing my work and getting my shit done. So I, I don't, I don't know, man. Right. Y'all, we, I don't went on on the tangent. Y'all, <laughs> get it off your chest. I. That's what I was doing, girl. I'll get that shit off my chest. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. I asked the question, and you gave a hell of an answer. I think a perfect answer, honestly. I feel think you kind of touched on a lot of the frustration that African American women have mm-hmm. in this country when it comes to working for corporate America in terms of like, hey, I'm busting my ass, but I'm getting passed over. But when I need something, I get glossed over. I get neglected for that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me being a black woman in in America it feels like I'm alone a lot like it feels like I don't have um, a lot of support um, even from you know peers or uh, black men or you know just whatever it just feels like I'm alone and like I have to shoulder you know what I mean like a lot of things myself like you know I can't really depend all the time. I just have to make sure that I'm able to do it. Or a lot of times, you know, things just won't get done. I feel like there's not really a lot of support um, for me as a black woman. I, I, I wanted to ask, I was going to talk about, talk about this later, but I might as well ask you now. Why do you feel like, because I know this is a common theme, that you don't get support from black men? And it's not, you're not the first person I heard say, I've heard multiple black women say that. Yeah. Um, they want I'm sorry, to what did you say? You said, you said why? Why do I think that? Yeah, why do you feel that way? Um, I don't like to, I don't like to make like blanket statements, but I will say like in my experience, in my yeah. experience, I feel like, um, me being the type of person that kind of doesn't sit around and wait for help. I think, um, the people that come into my circle or partners or just whatever feel like, 
you know, she got it. So I don't really have to step up and do anything. Um, whereas I'm kind of looking for someone to say, not, don't worry about it. This time I got it. Or how can I help you? Or something, something to that effect. You know what I mean? Because when I come into a situation, um, whether it be relationship or partnership or job or just whatever, I'm looking for ways that I can help, you know, and I just feel like I don't always get that in, in return. Let me ask this. I'll, I'll ask this for all three of you ladies because I feel like I'm on a podcast with three strong black women. Do you think sometimes being that strong black woman kind of a hindrance to you because people think, oh, she got it. We ain't got to worry about her. She can do her own thing. Um, yeah, yep. That's exactly what I, what I, what I said and how, what my experience has, has been. Um, but it's almost like you can't be anything other than that because like I, like I started with, like you don't have no help, you know what I'm saying? So you have to be strong. Like nobody's out here helping black women. Like we just kind of got to do shit ourselves or like we don't, we are not afforded the opportunity to be vulnerable or oh. like, you know, um, let me help her until she gets to this point. And then, and then, you know, I don't know. Like, I just feel like we're not afforded that opportunity. We're not even looked at as like soft and gentle and mm-hmm. fragile and they have feelings and emotion. You know what I mean? It's just like, Black women just going to hold it down always and be the backbone and be strong. And like you said, like we always got it. That's how we're looked at. But because that's how we actually have to be. We are not allowed to breathe. We cannot take a break. We cannot show signs of weakness. As soon as we show signs of weakness, we are looked at as broken. We all we got to keep going. We got to keep seeing. We got to put all of that on our shoulders. changes happen 
You know, we saw that with Maxine Walters, who uh, uh, Waters, who was from the very beginning calling for impeachment and things of that nature. No one was listening to her. Everyone was calling her crazy and look at where we're at now. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's that sentiment of listen to black women because we are leaders, because we know how to survive, not only for ourselves, but for, you know, our family, our friends, um, for society. You know, and we're seeing that now where you have a lot more black women, you know, not no longer wanting to just support candidates who say they're going to be for us. Now we want to be the candidates ourselves. We saw that with Stacey Abrams and others. And I think, you know, what you have is the fact that although Black women are the most vulnerable, we also can be the most powerful. And it's because the reason why we are are attacked, because those who are in power, which usually depend on white supremacy, sexism, and racism, see that Black women are the complete opposite of that, right? And so they're threatened by this, I think, often. And then there's the rhetoric that gets pushed both in our community, outside of our community. That's very much, you know, we saw that in, you know, past uh, the civil rights movement and the uh, the Black Power movement. Women were very strong, lead, you know, leadership in that and did not, a lot of time, it wasn't until years later, got the kind of recognition that they deserved from the very beginning. So I think it's a very peculiar, you know, situation of knowing your strength, but then also knowing that there are so many people threatened by that. I think for mm-hmm. me personally, you know, I've dealt with microaggressions. It hasn't always been out and out, but, um, you know, I think... Uh, like Jackie was uh, talking about. And Nicole, you know, where you just deal with this thing where sometimes you don't feel like um, they're, I'm sorry, can you hear that vacuum in the back? <laughs> yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, to pause this for a second. <laughs> I'll be back. I'm going to mute okay. for a second. <laughs> See how black women got to just do everything. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea out there going off. <laughs> Told you, motherfuckers. Don't be fucking like me when I'm podcasting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm back. I apologize for that. Uh, no, it's fine. I was like, see how black women just got to do everything? Yeah. <laughs> the irony, right? Um, no, yeah. And it, it's just one of those things where, you know, we're always trying to do, we're on our hustle and things like that. And that lack of support, um, you know, just to talk to what you were saying, Delvin, about um, whether black men or not um, support black women. I, I, you know, I think, you know, we see it online a lot, the whole thing of, you know, who's who's for black women and our black men, our black men need to support us. Stuff. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with what I was taught in my family. I look for the men in my family to support me. I look for the men in my family to because we're kin. But I don't think all kin folk are I don't, I don't think all skin folk are like kin folk in that regard. I've never looked at it that way. You know, a lot of the time I tend to think, you know, anyone outside of a black woman has to prove to me that they're an ally of black women. I don't care. I don't care if that's black men. I don't care if that's a white man. I don't care if that's an Asian person, uh, a woman of color who's non-black. I think because of the situation that black women are in, anyone outside of our group has to prove to us because there's so many ways that we can get hurt by people in other groups, whether it be black men because of misogyny and sexism, whether it be white women because of white feminism that says it's about all women, but really it's about white women. And things of that nature. So I, I'm, I'm of a, a thing approving it. So I don't, I don't really dive into that because I just think it falls into this idea of feeling like we need to depend on a particular group um, other than ourselves. You hit on a lot of points I want to hit on. So you hit it right on the head. So <laughs> I'm going to touch on one point earlier that you hit on. 
one of my questions I wanted to ask is, why do you think the whole Kamala Harris situation didn't work out in terms of her running for office and things like that? Well, I just say it was, I mean, just like quick, like just the, the nuance, it's nuance, right? It's like, yeah. I was actually, you know, happy that she ran, you know, because I thought a black woman, but I also know there's issues with, you know, her, her former position, the whole question of imprisonment, things like that, and, and, and people calling her a cop. But in that same regard, I would say she wasn't given the space um, that other po- white politicians are given. You know, in that regard of having negative aspects about their past. And Mm -hmm. it's like exemplified and what um, amplified, I should say. And what I noticed was that it was, and I don't know if they were bots necessarily, but it was very quick for like black um, AVs. Like when I was looking at some of the people really going at her, it was people who in their AV, you know, appear to be black, you know, and I I just, I'm very paranoid with stuff like that because of the whole Russia bot thing or whatever like that i just i just find it very interesting that you know people you know you have fellow black people calling her a cop 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 and you know no one highlights the fact that like bernie sanders has a, t- a tendency to support guns a lot of the time and is not necessarily for gun control and has voted against things like that or insert any other white politician here <laughs> who has questionable well, choices well you know? i'll bring that up because specifically Joe Biden voted for the 98 crime bill. <laughs> and people kind of just gloss over that fact, but and they don't give him the same type of energy that they gave Kamala Harris. That's true. And I, but I think when we say, like, um, I think when we say, you know, people don't give black women um, the same leeway that they give other people, that, like, black people are also guilty of that. You know, yes. like even other black people are guilty of not giving black women like grace. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we we don't even support each other enough. How the hell are we gonna expect support from other cultures? That's true. Yeah, and there's is- always double standards too, you know, like the whole hair situation and things like that. Like just you know, just the things that black women do that somehow gets a whole bunch of more attention than things like their white counterparts do, mm-hmm. you know, but somehow it's a, a negative if we do it somehow mm-hmm. and we're getting reprimanded and being told about our history and all that, yeah. you know. <laughs> getting- we, we need to stop looking at each other as competition too. That's a good point. We, we, we see each other as competition. That's why I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of women don't connect. They don't build these these strong relationships that they could possibly have because they're envious or jealous or whatever of another woman. Instead of building with her, they trying to destroy her or just, just not even support her, period. And it shouldn't be like that. We, we should be building more together and, and not apart. And then how we expect men to support us if we ain't even supporting us. I'm just saying. You can't expect a man to do something that we ain't doing for ourselves. Yeah, I'll drop some juice on this thing. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, I wanted to ask you ladies, because three women of color, about the Women's March. And why it doesn't seem like we get a lot of black women supporting it? Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it doesn't seem like to me that a lot of black women support the Women's March. And usually when I see the audiences for it, it seems like it's 
not black. <laughs> Uh, who's behind that though like is it is it being promoted to us like is the like the groundwork part of it is that part being like promoted to us or like trying to get us involved because because I feel what you're saying too like I don't feel like I'm a part of like somehow I felt like that was them I, I didn't feel like that was something that I was a part of or even wanted to be involved with or a part of and I don't know why it, it just kind of felt like oh that's you know, that's for them. Yeah, it just passed by. Nobody knew about it. Yeah. I didn't hear anybody talking about it. I ain't know, I ain't know nothing about it. I'm keeping it up. Yeah. That, that, that alone says it all, right? That the fact that you didn't know anything about it tells you all you need to know about the Women's March. I mean, I got um, press releases for it, just working in, in media and whatnot, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. And, you know, there were, there were people that showed up. But I think it also goes back to what was, you know, what I mentioned about Black women leadership tending to be strategic in that regard. I mean, yeah, the march is great, but I think, once again, when you think about how black people, how black women, you know, use their time. It's kind of like, I think a good amount was kind of like, well, what's this march exactly going to achieve necessarily? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, you know, it's good. It's solidarity. It's everyone's out there that looks nice. But um, are you guys voting? Because you, what you had in the 2016 election, you had a lot of people, a lot of white women and things like that saying this guy and da, 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 da. And then you find out 53% of them voted for this dude. You know what I mean? Yes. But a lot of people had signs. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> Just posting stuff and tweeting about things and doing it for the gram or whatever. But when it came time to actually show up and show out, that was black women because we put, you know, a good amount of time. We put the action to the sentiment, even if we don't get the credit for it afterwards. Because what you also got after the 2016 elections when black women showed out in like 90 percent, you know, voting against Trump and voting for the voting for Clinton was the fact that instead of it being the instead of the true narrative of black women showed up for Clinton or showed against Trump, what the narrative ended up being was women showed out yeah. against Trump. And what happens, you know, people don't realize is that when resource, when you had like in the 2018 elections, uh, black women leading campaigns and, and having nonprofit type of organizations that need funding what ended up happening because of that narrative of women in general, it was the white women-led organizations that got the funding. It was the white women organizations that um, ended up getting a lot more attention. And so even the people who did the real work didn't get that reward. So it goes back to what we were saying earlier of it kind of, it can be thankless. It can be a thankless job being the, being the most uh, capable person in the room, you know? So um, I think that's one of the shortcomings of the Women's March in regards, you know. Well, let me, let me, um, you said said something that pretty much summed it up for me. Um, As a black woman, as a single black woman, when when was this March? What day of the week? What time? Because it's a lot of single black women out here raising their kids. And it's like, what are you going to do? I got to feed my kids. I got to make sure I got rent, all this stuff. Can I afford this day off of work? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you marketing it? How is it going to benefit? I don't want to say benefit, but do you understand where I'm coming from? I got to make, it's, it's basically, we got to pick and choose our poison. We make a sacrifice now. Because if I got to sit here and work this ship, you know what I'm saying? But I want to go out here and support this march. What am I going to do? 
I'm going to work my shift because I got to work my shift because I'm a single mom and I got to support my family. So who are they marketing this, this march to? Is it just family-oriented women who have who have a husband at home who can watch the kids while they go do this march? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who y'all reaching out to? Who, who's the target actually for this women's march? You can't just say women because I ain't hear nothing about it. You know, I, I've been in my own little world lately, though. But who are you targeting for this march? Because you can't just tell me women because it got to be a certain type of woman where the word got out to her. You following me? Yeah. I think you hit on something right on the head. The fact that America in general do not know how, does not know how to market to black women at all. They do a shit job at it. <laughs> like when it comes to women's issues, it comes to women and then it's black women. Hmm. And it really shouldn't be like that. Hmm. And I yeah, think that's I what a disconnect how, is. I don't know how, I agree with you, and but I don't know like how how would that change? Like, how would they be able to change that, right? Because it's like, <clears throat> that's how everything is in this country. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's set up, it's already set up that way. So I don't know how that would kind of change. Um, I feel like when things are an issue for us, the things that we should be concerned about is, is brought up like in community. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily like somebody else bringing it to our attention. So I don't know. Yeah, it, I think it's a lot of different aspects of that I find fascinating. I find fascinating that as much flack as black women get in general, two of Hollywood's biggest stars are arguably black women. When you look at Beyonce and Rihanna, people go crazy over them. Mm-hmm. White <laughs> and, people love them. Yes. And even Oprah Winfrey for that matter. Mm-hmm. But they give those women their props and stuff, but they don't want to give our women props for things they do normally every day. It's a status though. Because you just name you just name millionaire. Billionaire. Yeah. And I bring that up because one of the reasons why I want to have you and Nicole on is because y'all did the whole pie connection thing, but I think it's awesome. And I think it's something that should have a light shine on it more because I want to see more things like that done. I, I want to see a pie connection grow too. Um, you know, I'm a supporter of a pie connection. Nicole is the founder, everything behind the face, everything behind the pie connection is Nicole. I'm just a great friend and supporter of Nicole. So I know that's, I can understand how people think I'm actually, you know, a founder or a part of it as well. I'm just a big supporter of a pod connection. And a pod connection does not get enough shine that it wholeheartedly deserves. Um, yes. A lot of people, Nicole has been doing a pod connection for three years now, maybe four, going on four. And 90% of the people just realized this past year that Nicole was the founder of a pod connection. They really thought it was somebody else. They thought it was a man behind a pod connection. And then I don't know if Nicole's not getting more support. I don't know if she if she's not getting the support she deserves because she's a woman or because she's black or a little bit of both. I don't know. 
but <laughs> she she definitely deserves the accolades, more accolades than what she's been given in the last four years of being in, in the podcast community, period. That's the bottom line. Well, Nicole, let them know what a pod connection is so people can find it and give you your flowers while you're here, because I think it's super dope. Firstly, thank you both for that. I appreciate that. Um, I don't think it's all. I think it's some of it is my fault, too, because I'm a behind the scenes type of person. And um, the whole point of a pod connection is to spotlight um, podcasters and um, people that kind of uh, network with podcasts or work with podcasts to give them a spotlight. Um, the main um, theme last year was the Pod Excellence Awards. And the reason why I wanted to have that is because I, I didn't want to wait. Um, I didn't feel like indie podcasters should wait around for, you know, the bigger networks or whatever to kind of give them their recognition. So instead of waiting for iHeartRadio to say, hey, you're a great podcast, you know, the Pod Excellence um, and your peers are going to say, hey, we listen to you every week. We love what you're doing. We know how hard you're working. Um, you know, here's your recognition for that. So that's the basis behind Pod Excellence Weekend and the Pod Excellence Awards. Um, I, I am the founder. Um, for a while, it was just me. You know what I mean? So that's another reason why it's not as big as it, it should be or could have been. Um, but I think that just platforms like that or just us like the whole basis behind it of, of me saying like you know this is from one of your peers um i think we need to have more platforms like that like stop waiting around for you know other people to give us a light and give us shine like why aren't the bet awards bigger than they are like why do we look at the bet awards as like some secondhand type of award you know what i mean like that's the award that black people should be proud to get like it's from black people you know what i'm saying like they're the ones that saying yo we love your show we love your movie we love your video we love this we love that why is it like people are still you know crying over not getting a grammy or emmy or something like that when people don't even show up to the bt awards you know what i mean but that's for us by that's like that's what i don't really what i don't really get but anyway i said all that i agree <laughs> a podcast i 100% agree with that find um on on all social media, a pod connection. And if you want to get involved, if you're a podcaster or if you're a sponsor, you want to sponsor Pod Excellence Awards, um, please email me at a podconnection at gmail.com. There you go. And make sure you check that out, definitely. And now I also want to highlight Chelsea because Chelsea's doing her thing. Like she's out and repping the horror stuff and she's on After Buzz TV. And it's cool to see her be so well knowledge, knowledgeable in horror films and things like that, just kind of giving her opinion out there, doing her thing. Let everybody know about what you do. Um, yeah, well, you can, um, I'm a certified Rotten Tomatoes film and TV critic, which, you know, one of the things they did, which is really great, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is like the biggest um, movie site in terms of reviews. And they did a very great push um, about a year ago to increase the the number of, uh, you know, women, women of color, um, and people from marginalized communities um, as certified Rotten Tomatoes critics. Because what you still have in uh, the film and TV critic world is that 85% are still white men. So it's still white men that still get to decide, and, you know, white people, and you're still get to decide, like, what movies get greenlit, what movies get that, get the accolades. And I think that's what we're also seeing with the Academy Awards and stuff like that, why it's still, 
is lacking color and stuff. Um, so I, I think film criticism is super important and it's something I love storytelling. So, um, you know, I love being able to um, dive deep into stories. So yeah, you can find that on Tomatoes and also um, my YouTube channel, which focuses a bit more on 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 horror. Um, I just started a uh, review series called Out, Out, Outlier Horror, which is movies that have horror elements to them, but maybe may not fit into horror. So, um, you know, just to kind of be able to do more of whatever I want on my YouTube <laughs> when I want to review something, even if it's not horror. So, um, yeah, so there's that. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just really grateful for all the, you know, it's still a small channel, Um given the, the amount that I, I post and stuff like that. But I'm really, I feel really blessed to, you know, be able to, um, one, have it monetized at this point and also to have the subscriber count that I do and growing, um, you know, because I do, I've been told before that I'm kind of a, a unicorn when it comes to the horror thing of being the black, a black woman in it or a, a, a voice in that or whatever. Um, but there's so many horror fans who are black. You know, and that that even in even in someone saying that just shows that we don't get that kind of I mean, you see Jordan Pill and others who are horror fans. And um, I just, you know, want to keep making that a visual thing. And uh, I'm going to be in a movie uh, this upcoming summer called Step Daddy uh, with Vincent M. Ward. Uh, people may know him from uh, The Walking Dead, where he played uh, Oscar. And uh, basically, The Step Daddy is a remake of The Stepfather, a horror thriller um, from the 1980s. So I'm going to be in that this coming summer. Um, director and writer um, Thomas J. Churchill is leading on that. So I'm really excited about that, to, to finally be killed, possibly. I don't want to give you spoilers. <laughs> in a horror movie. Um, <laughs> to finally fulfill my prophecy. That's uh, that's happen in the first five minutes? Then? No, no, not the first five minutes. Somewhere in there. No okay. spoilers. Listen, she's gonna feel accomplished when she gets killed. <laughs> I told her about it, and the first thing she texted me like, "You get killed in this, don't you?" I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, "Yeah." So just exciting stuff, and I'm just like I said, I, I I just hope to be like something that fellow like you know black girls and uh, you know black people in general, people of color, but more so black people. That's what I care about. But like that they can look right. to use, uh, this. Um, and see that, you know, there's another face. I'm not the only one. There's others like me, I think. So, you know, who are in this genre and love it. I think that's awesome. Dope. Yeah. I also think it's awesome that we can have three black women from different backgrounds, different cultures, sit here and have a conversation about everything that matters to black women. Mm-hmm. Well, Jackie, you didn't tell us what you do. Yes, that is also <laughs> important. Find you. Girl, listen, I'm just Jackie is here. Now, listen, I'm a content creator. I just sum everything up I do as, as under the content creator umbrella. I, I do have a YouTube channel. That's where I started off with YouTube. You know, I do natural hair, makeup, lifestyle, you know, everything in between. So that's what I do on my on my small YouTube channel. You know, hopefully, you know, it continues to grow um over a course of time. Um I'm I'm still a podcaster, but I really don't podcast anymore. I'm a retired podcaster, but I still do my show with Nicole, you know, Let's Keep It 100 um, bi-weekly. But we really not considered a podcast because we're visual, so we call ourselves a webcast. So 
you know, that's pretty much what I do under my content creating umbrella under the I'm Just Jackie brand. By day, I'm an accountant, you know. Um, uh, I have my own tax accounting business as well. So I'm always doing something. I'm always moving and shaking. But one of the biggest things I'm probably proud of is just being a huge supporter of others. I, I support my people. I, su- I support my, my people's 110%. So that's that's one of the biggest things I'm proud of. Can't nobody say I'm just Jackie. Don't support. I I support wholeheartedly. Whether it's whether it's reciprocated or not, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> I think if but there's I definitely one thing, support my peers. Yes, if there's one thing that anybody should get from listening to this episode is support black women. Mm-hmm. Support their hopes, support their yeah. dreams, because black women are leading this country in a right direction. Like mm-hmm. we said about the 2018 election, black women saved us. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, it was looking nuts out here. <laughs> and, if, and if we didn't throw up that black woman's symbol in the air, like call the Batman, and they come out there and vote in droves, like we'd have been in some trouble. <laughs> and I think we need to highlight. The excellence of black women more often in this community. I think, I hope I did a little bit of that with this episode today. I think you did, and I appreciate it. I, I really do. I, I appreciate you having all, all three of us on your platform, because like you said, we're all three different women from all different shades and walks of life, and we do have one common, you know, denominator, you know, or more than one, but, you know, we're here we we're, we're all beautiful black women and we just want to see everybody you know achieve we want to support and we want to grow like Nicole Cole said we want to thrive we, we just want to see us in better lights than what we're being portrayed on with on social media on tv or what have, have you because they're they're not portraying us in every light i i i give me the good the bad the ugly the different don't give me just the ugly don't give me just the bad, because there are some beautiful, beautiful things about a black woman out here that people will never talk about because they don't want us to get our just dues or our credit. At the end of the day, 20 years from now, we ain't, we ain't going to be credited for nothing. We ain't do nothing as a culture. We're going to be so culture appropriated that the other culture is going to be Everybody's gonna think they originate everything, and that that's and that's right. sad. And and I, and I hate I hate to see it. Sorry for that, man. But I. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I mean, I that, I appreciate you for taking the time out and having us on thank your you. on your platform. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for giving a black woman, black women, a voice the opportunity to to just speak, to just tell how we feel, what our experience. Well, it definitely won't be the last time. I'll say that. Yay. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Man. (laughs) Let black women lead. There you go. (laughs) Bottom line. (laughs) And compensate us justly to lead you because it it shouldn't be free. (laughs) That is also true. (laughs) As a former writer, everybody wants shit free. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Oh man, um, 
I just want I just want I just want our men to see the value in us and not devalue us. Yeah. That's it. That's a good one. Yeah. See how I listen to black women. That's all I. That's all I say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to end this. All right. Let them. Let them know where to find y'all stuff. I guess you go first, Nicole, so they can know where to find the pod connection. At. Yeah. So everything a pod connection related. Um, on Twitter, a pod connection. Instagram, a pod connection. Like I said, if you want to get involved, um, if you want just just be added to our newsletter, if you'd like to sponsor or um, partner, a pod connection at gmail um, if you just want to keep up with me personally, I'm Miss Nicole Banks, uh, mostly on Twitter. That's where you can find me, Ms. Nicole Banks. And that Twitter is fiery. <laughs> she be dropping heat on there. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> you go ahead, next, Jackie. Hey, y'all. It's I'm just Jackie. Um, I'm gonna make everything simple for you guys. Um, you can go to I'm just Jackie.com, and it's I am. J-U-S-T-J-A-C-K-I-E dot com and all my social media handles are there. Any podcast that I've been a part of, um, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, everything is right there on I'mJustJackie.com There you go. And yeah, um, this is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me um, on my film and TV reviews on Rotten Tomatoes under my name and also my YouTube, The Twisted Woman CKR on uh, YouTube. And yeah, you can find my political articles around the web as well. There you go. And um, Rotten Tomatoes, y'all need to fix Bad Boys Review. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. Right, I right. haven't it, seen it yet, so don't ruin it for me. I'm not. Okay. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to the Joe Button mm-hmm. podcast. He's 100% spoiled, spoiled the end of the movie when I was going to see it. I don't even listen to Joe like that, so yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. I loved it, though. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Delvin Cox Smith, we are out. Peace. All right. Thanks, guys. This week's episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you'd like more content, you can go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you will find bonus podcasts and a lot more content. Also, shout out to Patreon producer Ben Goodwin, a.k.a. UK Ghostwriter. If you want to check him out, go on Twitter at ghostwriter underscore UK. Thank you.